Today on Locked On Red Wings, Bruce Cassidy has been fired by the Boston Bruins. Does he make sense behind the bench in Detroit? And we're going to begin looking at the free agent class in the 2022 offseason and what goalies could fill that backup role. Locked on Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. Uh, I'm a producer over at 97 Won the Ticket, while Scotty is the host of Lockdown Tigers as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. He's got some big, exciting lacrosse coverage this week. Yeah, no kidding, man. <laughs> love the love the uh, excitement there. <laughs> no, no, honestly, it's uh, it it is super cool. It's uh, um, states are are this coming upcoming Saturday, and there's some playoff games leading up to them too. So very very busy week. Um, and man. Like, I don't know if you can tell my allergies have kicked my ass, man. I, I am, I am slow. I'm struggling over you here. With, you still uh, look I, handsome. Well, I, I don't know about that, but, uh, it's, it's definitely been a, an interesting last like 24, 48 hours and it's only going to get, get busier. And I, it's going to be a lot harder to be that busy if I can't breathe. So we'll see, Just, uh, we'll see how the rest of the week goes crush the Claritin D up and then just like snort it right into the nasal cavity. That'll instantaneously <laughs> clear it up. Right. right. That's how that works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, that is how that works. Yeah. yeah. Um, thanks for making us your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh, first, before we get into the content, there is a poll up on my Twitter account at Brian Fisher, nine, seven, one. You can see it on the uh, screen. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, it's kind of inspired by our conversation we had last night at the end where I demanded, we put respect on Jonathan Erickson's name. Yeah, that went well. I put a poll. It it actually is it is polarizing, but I'm getting a lot of support. There is a lot of criticism as well. People who don't agree, but it's mostly support so far. Almost at 60 votes, 75 percent agree that yes, Jonathan Erickson's career can be looked at as a success, and that's what the poll is. So go to my Twitter account and vote on that. You have until for sure. I posted it like four o'clock on. Monday, so you have until about four o'clock on Tuesday. <laughs> I I just I can't fathom being like I I I can't fathom a mindset of oh a, a dude who was literally taken with the last pick in the draft played over six hundred career games right playing almost seven hundred career games being like considered a failure in my eyes. I really can't. Like no matter how bad you think he was, no matter like what his role was, um, like like whatever is is all kind of null because he the fact that he even stepped on like NHL ice at any point in his life is is a massive success. Nonetheless, uh, uh, depth guy down low. Um, I mean, like if, I if said, you, no matter how bad you think, if you want to have a conversation, exactly. It's about how bad you think he is. That's what people who are saying his career was not a success are coming at that from the aspect of is that he wasn't necessarily the best defenseman on a team that for a long time was stacked with defense. So people are arguing that he that doesn't matter, but that's not the, that's not the, Oh, I guess I did pose the question whether or not his career was a success. Our conversation on Monday's episode was whether or not he was a draft. Right, it's not if he's good or not. not. 
Right. Yeah, it's, it's not, whether this or not isn't, you consider this his isn't is, Right. This isn't is he is he good? Was he yeah. good at his job? Was he uh, a top? This is was he his career a success? He was drafted in the ninth round. Yeah, we yeah. we don't even have a ninth round anymore. What are we talking about? Like, but yeah. go to my Twitter account again at Brian Fisher nine seven one if you guys want to vote on the poll uh, to get into today's episode topic. So the first things first. Bruce Cassidy of he was the head coach was the head coach of the Boston Bruins. He started he took over as interim after I believe Claude Julian in 2017. They were impressed with him and they promoted him full time to their head coach in 20. You know, in I think he took over in 2016 as interim and they promoted him to full time head coach in 2017. And he was just fired uh, as head coach of the Boston Bruins. And I want to talk specifically about Bruce Cassidy because I think he's another very intriguing candidate that I think if I was Steve Eisman would be seriously looking at as a candidate. I don't know if he'd be my number one guy, but he is another one of those guys outside the, I don't consider him part of the coaching carousel because outside of his tenure with Boston, he had a two year stint, a year and a half stint with Washington about a decade ago. Uh, So he's really not had a ton of NHL head coaching experience. He had a season and a half with Washington and then five seasons with the Boston Bruins. So he's kind of another exception to my coaching carousel rule. Uh, He's got NHL experience. He took them to a Stanley Cup final in 2019 uh, where they lost to the St. Louis Blues, and they've been continually good. So I I think he's definitely another candidate, if I was Steve Eiserman, to uh, be the next head coach of the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, I, I think he's definitely in the mix um, for, for sure as as when it comes down to who gets an interview and who doesn't. I mean, I absolutely think that he'll he'll uh, he'll get a call. I, I don't think that he immediately goes to the top of, of the search, but Not I the do tip think top. right. But I but I do think that uh, he, he will definitely get some heavy consideration, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. So looking at his resume, uh, he was the head coach of, wow, two decades ago, not even a decade ago. He was the head coach of the Washington Capitals uh, from 2002 until 2004. Uh, His first full season as the head coach of the Washington Capitals, they took second in the Southeast Division with 92 points, and they lost in the quarterfinals, which I believe was the first round in six games to the Tampa Bay Lightning. Remember, that's just a year before the Tampa Bay Lightning won their first Stanley Cup. So that was a very good Lightning team at the time. Uh, In 2003-2004, after 28 games, he was fired. And the head coach that took over after him led them to the third worst record in the league where they won the draft lottery and got Alex Ovechkin. So, uh, and then he didn't get another head coaching gig until he took over for the Boston Bruins in 2016, 2017 in an interim role. He led them to third in the Atlantic division, lost in the first round. And then in consecutive seasons after that, he lost in the second round to Tampa lost in the uh, Stanley Cup final to St. Louis, lost in the second round of Tampa the year they won the Cup, uh, then lost in the second round of the New York Islanders, and most recently lost in the first round to the Carolina Hurricanes. So my one caveat, obviously there's a lot of, there's some middling playoff success in there mixed in with one Stanley Cup appearance, or sure. Stanley Cup final appearance. Um, regular season success has been there throughout. Third in the division, second in the division, second in the division, first in the division. You know, he, he's been in the division playoff mix every single year. So he has success in the regular season and mild success in the playoffs. The one caveat you can make to that, though, is that those Boston Bruins teams were very good. Now, the window definitely in the most more recent years is beginning to close. 
But that 2019 team, and I would even argue that 2020 team, when they came first in the Atlantic Division uh, before the COVID shutdown, was absolutely a stacked roster. I mean, they have Marshawn, they have a Bergeron amongst many, many more. Tuka Rask at the time was still playing. So it, it becomes a conversation of how much of Bruce Cassidy's success with the Boston Bruins was his own and how much was the team playing for him. For sure. And, and I mean, there, there have been those arguments since, you know, the beginning of time. But uh, and I, I guess in my eyes, if uh, – there's a lot of – I don't want to just be the person that's like, oh. Do it. Be like, the person. It, no, I, I don't. If I'm if – I'm, I don't want to be the, the person that tries to analyze, like, coaches and players and just defaults to, well, Steve likes him. It'll probably work out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't want to – I don't want to be that, like, this – you know, this early on in the process – I think that's fair to do after a hire or, you know, when, when we feel like we're close to a hire, but I'm not really sure that that's, you know, what, what people just want to hear all the time. Like, I feel like anybody could do that. So I'll, I'll, I'll try to refrain from that, but um, it, when it's really hard to turn down someone who's had that much success, you know what I mean? And good, good roster or not. And, and success, I mean, just won a lot of games. You know what I mean? Like it, it's really hard to, to look and and not want someone who who has been a part of a a winning hockey team um because we haven't had that in a very long time so well the one thing as well talking about his playoffs and his his mild success in the playoffs it is worth noting that his winning percentage with Boston in the in the playoffs is only 493 for and sure no, that for also sure. includes a Stanley Cup final run so, you know, obviously you're winning the majority of your games on a Stanley Cup final run because you have For to win sure. four ga- games out of every series to get to that point. In his tenure with Boston, he had a 4.93 winning percentage. He was 36 and 37. So just one win shy this season. If he would have gotten one more win, you know, he would have been a f- above 500 playoff uh, coach because he would have won that seven-game series against the Carolina Hurricanes and they would have mm-hmm. gone the second round. Of course, if you, you know, depending on how that would have worked out, it couldn't have been. So he's about 500, but that's just that... That is the one thing that holds me back from being like, this is the guy, you know, like we are with Barry Trotz is just because he's had a really good roster and they see regular season success with him that they weren't seeing under Claude Julian, but it's just in the playoffs, despite one Stanley Cup final run, they just couldn't necessarily bring it to that level. No, for sure. And, and I, I certainly don't think that it is the, you know, slam dunk kind of a hire that, that Trotz, maybe is but um just again when when you're talking about experience like this team lacks experience all across the board like yeah. it, it lasts it lacks experience on the ice it lacks experience when it comes to players and it lacks experience when it comes to coaching staff now like they're you know <laughs> it, it's either uh super super long tenure guide and guys in, in kind of smaller roles uh that that you don't see or hear from very often or it's dudes that are brand new or it's just vacant at the moment so i i think when when you have the opportunity again i i don't think he's at the top of the list i'm i i I still kind of lean and believe that trotz's decision kind of determines where the red wings go afterwards i think he's probably still at the top of their board absolutely um 
but you know, he, he has plenty of experience himself, I guess. So, uh, there, there's, there's a lot, there, there's a lot. Um, and, uh, and, and the playoff record is, is certainly something to keep an eye on for, I guess, but, uh, well, I mean, screw it. If, if Steve thinks so, <laughs> if Steve thinks so, right, that's what it comes down to. Um, I wonder what Steve thinks of built bars. Well, he has that they're, he has to love them. It's a, it, he, yeah, he got no it. No uh, don't you love a chewy yes. chocolatey brownie? I do. What about a caramel brownie with caramel swirled on top? So good. Yes. That it's sounds so phenomenal. Good. Yeah. What if I told you, Scotty, that you don't, can have all that chewy chocolate deliciousness plus don't 17 me, no grams way. of protein? Yeah, that's nuts. You're in luck, buddy. Because caramel brownie bars are available at built.com right now. And all you got it, and you got to act fast because they're a fan favorite. Forget about dessert. These are better than dessert. Plus, the macros are unreal 130 mm-hmm. calories, 17 grams of protein, and four grams of sugar. So it tastes so good despite having just four grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Built's Caramel Brownie in a heartbeat. The best part, Caramel Brownie bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, like for real. With Built, you don't have to sacrifice tasty for healthy. You can have both. With Built, tasty is the new healthy. Go to Built.com to get your box of Caramel Brownie bars now. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. I almost messed up the dot com part of that read. Got Tom. Oh, wait. <laughs> Lord above. Uh, segment two, Locked on Red Wings podcast. I, I had one more point with the Bruce Cassidy thing that I wanted to get to uh, before we move on to our, our beginnings of the free agency conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it goes back to like, I feel as if Bruce Cassidy hasn't been truly tested with a, a roster yet. You know, this if you were if you were hypothetically to become the next head coach of the Detroit Red Wings, I feel as if this would be a real litmus test for a guy like him because because of the fact, and I've said it before, because of the fact that he's had the Boston Bruins as the team he's been for coaching. Sure. And not to say that he didn't take them to another level in the regular season because I'm not trying to take any regular season success or even postseason success he had away from him. But that roster is definitely much deeper than what the Detroit Red Wings have. And so for him, if he were to become the next head coach of the Detroit Red Wings, it would definitely be a much tougher. For sure. I mean, I I feel like, I feel like you could say that about pretty much any of the non first time head coaches, except for trots, which is why he's the money. He's money. Uh, (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, so we want to begin our free agency conversation, and we want to talk about goaltending first. As if you guys have listened to us, you notice that goaltending kind of is the trend. We usually start with goaltending because it's the best way to just kind of ease into a topic because there's the least amount of positions to fill, and it's kind of I really I have a kind of a bias towards goaltending too. I just love talking about goalies. Even though I never was a goalie, there's something really intrinsically interesting about that position because it's so far removed from how all the other positions work in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, yeah, no, I, I I love the goalie position. I, I think it's the it's the catcher within me, honestly. The, well, yeah, it's it's a very similar role. At, well, not very similar role, but it's 
in the, the fact that it's very different in the from same the other family. roles on the field. Yeah. You know, it's not it's not it's not the same role, but it's like uh, it's like a distant cousin you see on like Christmas. It's just because it's so unique compared to the rest of the positions. Right. Exactly. Um, so the way I did this was I when looking at a backup, because that's what the Red Wings are going to be looking for in this free agency. If they do not sign Magnus Hel- Helber, because he is a UFA assuming in this case, hypothetically, they do not sign Magnus Helberg. And they are looking for a free agent backup goaltender. I have three guys that I am looking at. And these aren't three guys I'm married to by any stretch of the imagination, but guys that kind of stuck out to me. Depending on the situation that the Red Wings are going in, I have a short-term solution, a long-term solution, and a 1A, 1B solution for the Detroit Red Wings. And there are other guys on this list that could very well fit that role. I'm not, again, I'm not married to these guys. And I want to hear you guys' opinions on what goalies you would want as your backup. Um, but to lead things off, Scotty, with the short-term solutions and probably my most controversial solution to the backup role, and I will own that, is uh, Martin Jones. And I say this because he's 32 years old. He had a 900 save percentage with the Philadelphia Flyers, who are not a good hockey team by any stretch of the imagination. So it's another situation where 900 save percentage on a team like that is pretty pretty impressive in its own regard, especially when your goals against average is above three goals a game. I mean, that shows that if you have a 900 save percentage, but you're letting in over 300, or three goals a game, you're getting pretty shelled. But the problem is, is his goal saved, goal saved above expected was negative 11. And that's why he's my short-term solution. He's a Band-Aid backup goaltender. You keep him on a cheap contract short-term as you allow Alex and Elkovich to take most of the starting role. That's why Martin Jones is the guy I'm naming as the short-term backup solution for the Detroit Red Wings. Not married to it, but he is the guy that stuck out to me. For sure, and and I think that um, given the role that you're that you are trying to fill there, that that's a that is a a a fine fill-in for that. And and the interesting thing, like that's what's so fascinating about free agency, and we'll we'll cover you know more people as we get closer and closer to the the beginning of free agency is you can, I mean, I mean, there's pick a name out of a hat. There's a lot of different dudes that, that you can talk about filling that specific um, like type of role. Uh, But if, if we're going on, if we're going on just filling, filling that um, yeah, I mean, I I don't, I don't mind that at all. I, I also, the interesting thing with this, uh entire discussion is that at the end of the day we do have the possibility of bringing of of having two goalies at the nhl level at the start of next season like that is that are already on the roster i mean like that is not a a completely out of the realm of possibility for us so it's it's interesting when navigating through the potential plan for this team um that's you know that, that I guess that's something to just like keep an eye on because like Helberg is technically still like here for now yeah, and it has very much not a has free a, agent until July right and and has a possibility of uh you know getting a one year deal thrown on it or getting extended to, to some extent so we'll we'll see and obviously Magnus Helberg being a UFA is is an option because it's just when you look at the the the, the why did they sign him in the first place, if they were going to have him play right. one game at the end of the season, unless they were worried somebody might be hurt worse than they thought and he, they might need somebody to fill in. 
it just, it just didn't make sense unless that was a reason or the other reason being they wanted to pull him from the KHL and get him in the organization before any other team got him in the offseason. So obviously he's a solution as well. I mean, you could also look at somebody like maybe Yaroslav Halak. He is 37 years old. And I, the main reason I didn't pick him is because I want to stay away from the older goaltenders. I think that played a lot into the reason why Thomas Christ didn't see as much success. I think age was a factor. But Yaroslav Halak, amongst goalies who had more than 15 games played, had the 12th best save percentage. among, And he played 37 games for the Vancouver Canucks and had goals against average of 294 and a save percentage of 903. So that is pretty impressive if you want a short-term backup solution. Again, it's just the age I worry about with Yaroslav Halak which is ultimately why for my short-term solution, I went with Martin Jones just because he's younger. For sure. No. And, and I, I totally, the logic lines up for sure. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. For me, it, it was just an interesting thing to think like, Hey, like Helberg's not completely out of the question yet. No, absolutely not. He's not out of the equation. Uh, Scotty, have there, are there any goaltenders that stuck out to you? Yeah. So one of the one, and like, this is, by no means a uh, a guarantee to even hit a, a open market necessarily, uh, but one of the interesting ones for me is because of all the stuff that has been um, happening in Dallas and and, and such. Uh, I I think an interesting person to look at might be like Holtby. Yeah, that's actually like a, had, a really had solid some, one. Had some injury stuff happen this year. Like, obviously, uh, that, that's one of the reasons that Ottinger had such a prevalent second half for the team. But young, upcoming goaltender right there in the wing. I mean, at one point, Holtby was hurt enough where they they had more goalies come. You know what I mean? Like, more backups come up. Uh, and then even down the stretch, like, Holtby was a little inconsistent. Uh, I think his save percentage might have even dipped below 900 last year so like this year you know with the injury and stuff i not that he he would cost an arm and a leg at this point in his career i think he's going on his age 33 season so uh just for safety measures that they he he could very plausibly just go back to dallas is what i'm trying to say but uh if he does hit the open market i mean uh, i'll take a 33 year old Braden holby to be like a still you know not take Ned's spot and Ned's still the starter but I I take I mean I'd gladly take uh take Holtby to start whatever 30 games next year yeah I mean he's he's a really interesting because Dallas in general is really interesting one to look at because they three of their goalies are all up for contract obviously Ottinger is an RFA he's gonna get signed they're gonna have to figure out that um backup role and that's another like I was talking about Scott Wedgwood as one of my options sure. I thought maybe I, I'm going to throw Brayden Holtby in there too because I really like that as a possible 1A, 1B situation. Because I was going to say Scott Wedgwood, considering the fact that he had a wacky season, waived yeah, by yeah, the yeah. New Jersey Devils, picked up by the Arizona Coyotes. In his 26 games, the Arizona Coyotes, one of the worst teams in the league, he had a 9 1 2 save percentage. That's incredible. His, uh, yeah. his games, goal saved above expected was 3.36, and his goal saved above average was 5. On, an, on that Arizona Coyotes team. So he was ultimately dealt to Dallas because of the Braden Holpe injury, where he continued to have good success. He had a 9.02 save percentage in his, um, I'm sorry, wrong column. He had a 9.127 or 9.12 save percentage um, in his 
eight games with Dallas leading up to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So one of those two guys is going to go. And I think both of those guys could fill a 1A, 1B role with Alex and Belkovich if the Detroit Red Wings don't feel comfortable moving forward with him as just the number one guy. Because Brayton Holtby, obviously, is looking to prove that he can still be a starter in this league. Uh, sure. Well, I mean, he was uh, before the injury. I mean, I, I think he's a Vesna winner. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I was saying this year, I mean, before before he got hurt uh, this year, I, I mean, there was a chance. Well, they had a they had a plethora of yep. of goalie injuries. And I think before, uh, you know, him, him and and others on the staff started getting hurt. I mean, he was a candidate to even get moved to the deadline like this is, uh, Absolutely. you know, not. Not someone that that was certainly a uh, a guarantee to even finish the season with the Dallas Stars. So um, I I don't think it's a slam dunk either way. I don't think he's a slam dunk to hit the open market. I don't also don't think he's a slam dunk to uh, to, to re-sign with them. So if that is somebody that ends up hitting the market and and is someone to take a look at, I think I'd, that 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 would be my. I don't, I don't think he would cost you too terribly much. Only two million this uh, past think, year. Yeah, I was going to say I think he only made two mil last year. I think that um, that that could be a, a, an interesting, an interesting and, and kind of a nice fit. Like even this past season, he was used to kind of letting go of his grasp on on the starting netminder thing to a young up and coming goaltender. Like I, I think, I think the fit could potentially be there. So if if maybe if you want to go an older veteran route instead of that route you were talking about earlier, where you kind of maybe go younger netminder. If you want to go veteran, the veteran route, I think Holpe's an interesting one to look at. I, I imagine with Holpe too, you'd have to play, pay him a little bit around the same amount or a little bit more uh, based on his bounce back year. But I think the injury, the injury history is going to keep him back from getting a lot more. Yeah, um, I, so I probably around two, three million, which is with how much cap space they have for a solid backup is pretty damn, you know, pretty damn good. Uh, I go back to Scott Wedgwood as well with him being 29 years old. He could be a long-term like one B, maybe even just considering a backup solution for the Detroit Red Wings. He could be a long-term backup solution as well. Uh, he only made $825,000 this past year. So he'll probably get maybe a little bit more money uh, because, you know, he only has three quarters of a good season under his belt. That's, that's for really sure. all the experience he has with success, but I could see him being a career good backup. But I really like, I really love that Brayden Holtby one because he he's a guy that definitely could become. It's really tough when you're talking about these goaltenders too, because you're you're looking at goalies who have had recent success, who might be looking to take the next step in their career to become more of a starting role. And the Red Wings just, I feel like, have their guy for the most part. So you look at guys such as like Darcy Kemper. He's had a fantastic year. He's a UFA. If they decide to stay with Francois in Colorado and he wants to. He he's the best goalie on the market this offseason based, you know, solely based on save percentage wise. He had 921 save percentage. I don't think he's gonna want to go to a Detroit where he's gonna have to serve as the, you know, at the worst best case scenario, a one B role. So it's 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 tough with some of these guys. Um, same with like Capo Kakonen. He had a 912 save percentage this year in uh 36 games played. He had a pretty successful season with Minnesota for being before being dealt with San Jose. And I think San Jose is gonna want to hold on to him. So, like, when you look at these goalies who are going to be free agency, you also have to take into account who might not even be there by the time July right. rolls around. No, exactly. Um, there was one more guy I had on my list that I wanted to talk about. Um, and I, I do you have any more goalies before I before mm-hmm. I get to this guy? Holby was my big one. Holby was your big one. Um, Eric Comrie. You mm-hmm. might Red Wings fans might remember him. 
Yeah. He's 26 years old. And with Winnipeg, he had 19 games played and a save percentage of 920 and a goals above uh, a goals against average of 258. Um, I think Eric Comrie could be, I dare say, a long term backup solution if Nadelkovich proves what he can be at 26 years old. I don't, he's a group six UFA, which means he did not, has not played enough games at the NHL level by the time he has turned 26 to qualify to be, continue being an RFA. So because he has not played enough games at the NHL level at the age 26, he becomes a UFA. It's called a group six UFA. It's what the Red Wings avoided with Jake Wallman by having him play the last 19 games right, of the season, yeah. <laughs> which they dealt for. Him. Uh, so he is a UFA. 19 games played is a small sample size, but he was pretty solid. Now, Winnipeg's a pretty solid team themselves, so his numbers could be inflated. But I like him at that age, 26 years old, to bring him in. And, like, it screams, and it, I, it screams Steve Eiserman fl- taking a flyer on a player. I mean, he did it already. He already had Eric Comrie in. And unfortunately, right. at that oh, time, nice. he wasn't the, that great with the Detroit Red Wings. But this season, he back with Winnipeg, he actually had a pretty decent season with 19 games played and his goal save above expected in those 19 games played was 9.89. He was expected to save almost 10 goals based on his play. So his positioning, his play analytically was fantastic in those 19 games and his goal, actual goal saved above average was 7.68. So he should have saved more goals than he actually did based on how he played, but he still saved eight more goals above an average goaltender, replacement-level goaltender. I think Eric Comrie at 26 years old could earn like a three-year contract as a backup goaltender with the Detroit Red Wings. I actually kind of dig that. If you're going to commit to Alex Nadelkovich being the number one guy, to have a guy like Eric Comrie as your number two until Sebastian Kosa's ready. Yeah, I, I don't I don't mind that at all. I, I really like that move too. I think the 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 two avenues are do you keep going with uh like veteran fillers until you think Coast is ready, or do you go with that kind of a route, like a mid twenties longer term option that you can you can bag in that uh, until Coast is ready. But at the end of the day, no matter what move you're making, you're making it uh, until Kosa's is ready. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. It's, it's all about the development of Kosa at this, which point. is years away. Like it's not, yeah. that's not a, that's not the a goal. He's taken to like 25 so. most of the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah, at, at the earliest you're talking about like three years away. So, so, I mean, there, there you have it guys. There, there's our main guys that we would want to look at as the backup. If Magnus Helberg does not get signed to a uh, backup con or a uh, new contract with the Detroit Red Wings. Um, I say, you know, Martin Jones could be in the mix for short term, like one year contract, just a band aid. Yeah. Back end. I think Holby would probably only be a one year thing as well. I mean, I guess two year I could at see most. Him at two years, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I could see it too. But with, I mean, mid thirties with that many injuries, I, I I'm not sure. I'm not sure he's going to get a raise and multiple years. The thing that is, I think Holby is also trying to get back into a starter's role because he's proven that he can be that right. starter. So I, I don't well, think Hopi, for his own benefit, would want to sign a long contract into his mid thirties. For if sure, he wants to I, I just don't know. Defender. I don't know. I mean, again, like he he proved he certainly proved when he was healthy this year that like he could do that. But then again, like when it like down the stretch, then got hurt again. Like I I don't know how many how many teams are. 
I, I think every almost every team in the NHL could find a spot on their roster in some role for Braden Holpe. I'm not sure there's too many teams in the NHL that, uh, given his injury history, given how the two years before this past year went for him production-wise, uh, were uh, I'm not sure how many teams are going to be willing to just like hand over the starting role keys um, yeah. when he had like 20, 20, 30 healthy games this year at good production like uh, i don't know that's a that's an interesting one for a you know hand over the keys for an everyday starter multiple year deal thing but uh as far as being a a a backup to to ned for a year i'm i'm very game for that so there is also a goalie (laughs) there is one more name that i feel we need to at least throw out there real quick um, I, I, I didn't really mention him in there in my mix because I just don't think it's realistic for the Detroit Red Wings, but I know we're going to get comments about it. Um, Mark Andre Fleury at 37 oh, okay. years old yeah. is a UFA. <laughs> I was like, I was like the only really like big, big, like huge name goalie is Fleury. Yeah. I don't think that Mark Andre Fleury would want to come to Detroit just solely because he's in the twilight years of his career. However phenomenal he is. He's going to be playing for another Stanley Cup at this point. At his age, the Detroit Red Wings are not in a position to fill that need for him. Yeah, um, I, in the next I, couple I don't. Years. I don't think that that's. I'm not sure it's really a great fit either way. Um, I, like if Flurry was signed with the Red Wings, don't get me wrong. I'm. I'm. You know, I'm pumped about it. I'm. I'm not saying that. Um, it would be something that I, I would ever look down at uh, as as a move bringing him in, but at the same time. Just on a, on a pure fit thing, like you said, for him, I'm not sure it's a fit for a team he wants to go to at this point in his career. Uh, and I'm also not sure that it really makes sense to just do this wishy-washy thing with Ned where, like, he's the starter one year and then maybe he, like, he he takes the reins back a little bit and it, even if it just becomes a 1A, 1B situation again and not a true, like, backup. Back like, that's still a, a minimized role from what he had for the last almost entirety of last season uh i i just think that's really i don't know that that's that's a it's a weird fit for both for both ways and uh while i i would not hold my breath on that move happening no i wouldn't but i, I felt like it, did. it would be great i just off like <laughs> I'm, yeah i'm pumped about it but, but I, I felt I, like I his name needed to be thrown out there because i knew we'd get comments on it just because yeah, he is sure, a ufa um I want to thank you guys for making Lockdown Red Wings your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. Uh, now make your second listen Locked on NHL. Locked on NHL covers the playoffs like no other. Hear the latest news and opinions from local experts every Monday through Friday. Also, guys, there's a listener survey. Did you know about that? We have an important favor to ask of you. We've put together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown podcasts even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and don't like about Locked On Podcasts. Go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win a 100, 1 of 10, $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Appreciate all the help, guys. Scotty, I think that's going to about do it for us. Do you have any final thoughts or opinions or hot takes, cold takes? Um, I don't think so, man. We ball. We absolutely ball. Um, 
yeah, we'll be back with a Wednesday episode for you guys tomorrow. Same time, same place. To your team. Every day. Every day.